Why every business needs a video and how to make yours stand out. With the X-Genes, Simon J. Green. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by the people who matter to you. If you want to make awesome connections, build strong relationships and get what you want in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. Welcome to Episode 9 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Christina Cantors and I am your host. If this is the first time you've tuned in, welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast and if you do, and well, even even if you don't actually, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at cc at thecmethod.com or tweet at cjcantors. That's C-J-C-A-N-T-E-R-S. I would love to know, what do you want to hear more of? Or maybe you have a comfort challenge for me that you want me to try and then podcast about. I don't know. Whatever it is, this show is for you and your feedback and suggestions are what is going to help make this podcast even better. Also, massive thanks to you if you listened to my last episode, episode 8, about rejection, and sent me a lovely message or comment to say that you enjoyed it. And this week's iTunes review comes from the American iTunes store. It's from Shaving with Chainsaws, who I know happens to be Christopher Browning, who featured in episode 7. He writes, Christina is a joy to listen to. Every time I listen to her, I feel better as a person. There is honest, genuine encouragement from her. Her methods have helped me to be a better person and reach out to more influential people. Just as an example, I recently landed a 10K deal employing a few bits of her wisdom. Thank you, C. Wow. Well, as the song goes, I wasn't expecting that. Thanks, Christopher from Shaving with Chainsaws. Maybe I need to start asking people for 10K deals. Hmm. Anyway, I've got a cracker of an interview for you today. I'm talking all about video with Simon J. Green, who is the director of video production company, The X Gene. Simon is super passionate about helping businesses stand out through creative videos. He loves to push the boundaries of video and work with people who he calls the rebels, disruptors, and early adopters of the world. He's also on a mission to improve the state of the Australian film industry, which, if you didn't know, is pretty dire. I met up with Simon at his Melbourne-based studio, and we talked about why video as a medium is so important for marketing your business, and how you, yes, you, can make a great creative video to help your business, or even your personal brand, to, to stand out and create more impact on the people who connect with you. Simon shares lots of helpful tips and tricks that will hopefully give you some ideas and inspiration and motivation to create your own video. You can find show notes for this episode at thecmethod.com slash Simon. So we, we do video content and TVCs and stuff like that. That's our bread and butter working with, with clients to, to do video stuff, video comms, video communications. But our bigger, my bigger purpose is to help the film and TV industry here in Australia. It doesn't do very well. Why is that? That is, I think it's because they're doing exactly what you said. They're not giving the audience what it wants. Mm -hmm. Most films are made by filmmakers who want to make their own film for themselves. They don't even think about the audience. And we're very auteur heavy, very art house heavy in Australia. 
And I saw it going through film school. Everyone wanted to make their own little art house film, their own little personal stories. And I thought that's that's probably why we're struggling, because that's not what people want to see. And I don't want that. I want to make big blockbuster fun films that are good, the good good fun. It'll take a while to get to the blockbuster stage. So make stuff they want to see, which in our opinion is genre and comedy. That's what people like. Mm-hmm. Genres like action, adventure, horror, sci-fi, those things. And build up a better audience and, and don't care about the Australian audience as much. Care about a global audience that includes Australia. Yeah. So have a big focus, try and sell them overseas. And that's what we've been working towards over time. Wow. So that's our bigger goal. I want to talk to you, Simon, about yeah. uh, video for business yeah, and, and small business because yep. I know you do a lot of work with big companies and one of the and one of the um, challenges is actually convincing them that they do need to be creative. Yeah. But for someone who is a small business owner or yep. they're or maybe they're they're a podcaster and they're trying to stand out or maybe yeah. they've got got a blog and they just want to get themselves out there in their personal brand. Yep. I just want to ask you about video and what video can do for people because yeah. that, that is your specialty. You yeah. make videos for people. Yeah. So I just want to know how, like where do you see video going in the future? Do you think it's more, do you think it's becoming a necessity now? Right now it's exploding. It's shockingly exploding. I'm, I'm shocked at how much suddenly it's taking up. I've always been a it's my job I think video is great and I always used to say we always used to say to our clients and to people in general video is cool because you've got text moving image music sound you've got all the different parts of all the different other types of communications channels all in one so it's everything it's, it's not just design it's not just text and copywriting it's, it's everything brought together what else can do that maybe a really nice interactive website but that's the next stage um and we would say that, and that's what we believed. And now suddenly everyone seems to understand that. And like on LinkedIn, I follow a few different groups and, and, and things like that. There are just constantly, every day, there's at least five articles being shared around saying, you need to have a video plan, you need to have a content marketing strategy, video, 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 everywhere. I think it's because internet's gotten faster, the technology's gotten cheaper, so people are able to start to get their hands on the editing software and cameras themselves so they get it a bit more yeah. they they understand the higher end stuff it's not as out of touch they're like oh yeah I can grab a handy cam and edit it so I get that and then someone just does it a bit a bit higher end cool I'll, I'll pay for that people are understanding it more and I've noticed more and more people telling me that they prefer to just watch a video instead of read the text on something if they want to know how to change their phone's battery to a higher capacity battery they'll watch a quick YouTube video we even, if there's something we want to do in, in some editing software or motion graphics software where we haven't done it before, we watch a YouTube video of someone else telling us how to do it and cheat. Well, YouTube's <laughs> like the second biggest search engine now, Yeah, isn't that, it? that's their pitch. That's what they've been saying. And I thought, that's interesting. That's a very good idea. And that's what Google is saying. It's the second biggest search engine yeah. after Google. Well, the, with those how-to videos, though, I know that... If I see a how-to video and it's any longer than two minutes, I don't even bother. See, that's the interesting <laughs> thing, yeah. That's that's really interesting, how long a video should be. There's some research done by Wistia, who are a video hosting company. They're yeah. Like professional. They YouTube. put out great content. Excellent really ideas. Good content. I would recommend going to Wistia to see, in particular, how long a video should be. And they say 90 seconds. 90 seconds is the drop-off point. If you can do it less, better. A minute's better. But it's funny with a how-to video, because you want... There's always that question of detail versus... Um, speed and yeah. Then, yeah it depends on the how-to video and what you're trying to do yeah if it's something simple well look if I google for, if I google something and two videos come up 
yeah. how to do the same thing and one yeah. is two minutes and the other is five minutes. Yeah. I'm going to go for the two minute one. Because it can be done in two, sure. yeah. Yeah, sure enough. I made a video once on how I packed a carry-on bag for yeah. only, for, for six months of travel. Yeah. And that took, I mean, I edited it down to about seven. I couldn't get it down to any less than that. So but that's that, how it needs to be. But yeah. yeah, but people, people seem fine with yeah. that because it does take a little bit longer. I think our two videos are okay because they're looking for specific information. Yeah. Like, Generally, they say 90 seconds or less for something that's a bit more of an awareness-building thing. Mm. If so if it's an about video, for If someone's example, got a very core need they want to address, yeah. seven minutes is fine. Because yeah. they want the answers, and they'll wait seven minutes, or they're going to go through the stages and pause it as they go. Mm. But I think with people and their video comms now, it's huge. I would say everyone has to have a video on their front page, because their competitors are going to be doing it, regardless. So just an about are. video? Or what What sort of video on, on the front page? Well, for, for a business owner, for someone who wants to put their personal brand out there. Personal brand? Mm. Then that video is going to be about them. It's going to be an introduction to who they are as a person. They should be in it. There shouldn't be animation or, or anything like that. It should be their face in there somehow. They can, they should be creative with how they express themselves, and that should be done completely through who they are. So if they're very serious, then be serious in the video. That's fine. If they're funny and lighthearted, then the video should be funny and lighthearted. But it should match their brand. Like any comms asset, their video should match who they are and what their brand is personally. And if the business is an extension of them, same goes. So Um, how else can people be more creative with their videos? videos. Rather than just being a simple talking head that can get really dull really quickly. Because say you are not a very, you know, lively, bubbly person. Maybe you are quite serious in real life. How then do you make a video about you that still captures people's attention? It's often little things that they don't think about. Get out of your house. Get out of your office. Go somewhere interesting. If If you're an architect, but you're a very serious architect, go find some magnificent structure that you love in Melbourne and put yourself there somehow like find because again you play to your strengths an architect will know what the good angles to say photograph or look at a building will be so put the camera in that perspective stand there so that you're looking like you know giant over the camera and it's and then even bigger behind you is this huge arcway or you look tiny while behind you is a giant structure that you think is gorgeous put a little lapel mic on you can go as far away from the camera as you need to so you can be a tiny little figure talking to the camera while the architecture behind you takes the the frame do little things that change up the perspective anything interesting about video is taking it away from the um what am i thinking of the eye eye height Mm -hmm. move it move it up or down from eye height and it's already interesting if it's higher than someone's normal viewpoint then it's an interesting view if it's lower than someone's normal viewpoint it's an interesting view if it's wider, so if you put a lens on the on the camera that makes it wider, most cameras are designed to reflect more the human eye. So if you were to take a photo, it looks like how you would look at that subject. But a longer lens, a long lens, will zoom in more, so that will make things change. A wider lens, has, like you see more within the field of view, and it'll do weird, interesting, warpy things. So buy those little lenses that you put on a camera, for example, and that will give it a different look. Again, getting out of your getting out of your office or space, moving the camera. F- to a different place than where we would normally put it, which would be eye height. Would All you, those could you change it? Well, when you're changing the camera angle, would you recommend sticking to that angle for the whole video or switching it up a little no, bit? No, so there's another way to keep it interesting. If you are just going to be talking, just a talking head, which is our enemy, but sometimes you have to do it, um, editing is probably what you're talking about there. It's a little bit of editing. So do, over the course of a minute, if you did uh, six different angles for every 10 seconds roughly, that's interesting in itself. You could go to six different locations and say and say little 10-second stabs that okay. result in a one-minute piece. Yep. Hi, my yep. name's Dave. I love 
ball pits and you're in a ball pit and then cut to you in a ball pit ball pits are fantastic because I like to play with kids cut to <laughs> kids you know you can yeah. just keep doing that and changing the locations and then quickly chop those together yeah um, and that way you don't actually have to say anything funny no it's just but if you, but your location's changing yep um, and is appropriate to what you're talking about yeah you could just be you could stand there with a really straight face and say I like animals and have a donkey kind of nudging your face absolutely yeah and then people, people will be <laughs> a serious person will be nervous about that um, but that's okay. Like, go find something that makes you comfortable and do it. But d- just change it up. And yeah, if you are funny, then totally have fun with it. You should absolutely have fun with it. And be silly. It's not, it's not, and don't worry about it looking a bit silly. Like, it's fine. Like, it's, it's just a little video on the front of your page. The one thing I would say though is get the video up soon and get it on there. Because you can always do another one later. Right. A lot of people, get, just get it on there. A lot of people don't do it. Even <laughs> editors and, and camera operators don't do their show reels straight away because they keep waiting for that next shot that they know is coming from that other job that they wanted to do. And so they'll spend two years not having a show reel, which mm-hmm. is very bad. Very bad in our industry. Nowadays it's becoming bad in everyone's industry. Have a video on your front page. Get the one that's just in the back of your head done. Get it up there. And that can be your impetus to do a better one later. What about people who are worried that it's, oh, it's not professional enough? Well... It depends how bad it is. If it's really <laughs> bad and people are giving you bad feedback, take it down. But test. Test it. Don't be afraid. You and I have been saying that. Don't be afraid. Stick it up there and see how it goes and get feedback. The other thing is people worry it's unprofessional, but they always think it's worse than it actually is. Everyone thinks that. Even even clients who are paying us to do high-end stuff. Sometimes if we spend too long on a job with a client, they'll start nitpicking really little things that we know aren't a problem. And there's a little circuit breaker we do where we say, can you show it to some people who haven't seen this project yet? And don't mention the problems that you're worried about. Just show them the video, see what they say. Inevitably, they come back and go, that's great, that's amazing. And they go, oh, never mind. And off we go. <laughs> so <laughs> getting that feedback is really important. It is. It is. You're, you, can't, you can't exist in a bubble, and the more you spend time on it, the more you get disconnected from the reality of it, which happens with us too. An editor loses complete touch with the piece, mm. and they need someone to come in and go, it's good, stop worrying about it, let's release it. So I think that's like with any with any project or anything you're working on, you just see it for so many times over, and you just think, "Is this even any good anymore?" Yeah, it's terrible. It's all it's the worst. (laughs) All I see are the problems and the faults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when so when you're uh, working with people and actually filming them, what are the? I know that a lot of people tend to get nervous when they're as soon as there's a camera on them, they just freak out and they seize up and I've seen yep. this working with clients as well yep. they're talking fine 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 you know we're talking about their business their brand and go yep we're going to say this 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 turn on the camera and they go just on. Yeah. clam up completely how can someone who wants to film their own video for their yep. site how can yep. they overcome that that's a tricky one that as a director on set for those my job is to make them comfortable and when you're directing people that aren't actors it's it's tough and it becomes that's a skill in itself that that I've got but only a few other people we've worked with as directors have and that's why you become a director not a camera operator or a cinematographer or a editor because you've got that little magic skill which is beautiful to have it's I would say for most people don't script it don't write a script because all you'll do is keep thinking about that script over and over again and that script is not the perfect way to say it it's just the way you wrote it down to say it remember that what you're talking about is the thing you know better than anyone else. And so if you were to just talk about it in conversation, you'd be fine. If someone said, what do you do? And you're comfortable and you've worked on that enough that you can say, oh, I do this, that, and the other. That's all you have to say on the camera. And it's hard to say, ignore the camera, pretend it's not there. But ignore the camera, pretend it's not there, <laughs> and just say what you say to people when you have, them, when you have conversations <coughs> with them. 
I'd say instead of a script, have dot points so that you know where you're going. Um, give it one go, completely free ball. Like, record, but you expect to not use that first take. Have your dot points in front of you, have a quick look at them, and then just go. Almost improvising, off the top of your head, with the dot points you want to get to. That will, that will tell you what you did and didn't like about what you said. And then you'll start to refine it take by take. You'll start to kind of move your way through it. And that's where I think definitely breaking up how you shoot it can be useful. Instead of going for one whole minute, where mm. as soon as you fuck something up, you'll shut up and you'll break down and you'll fall apart and that's the end of the take. If you can break up, your like use your dot points and just do little takes one after the other for that. And there's that internet style now where you can just jump cut, which is where... Oh yeah, no it's transition just, or anything. It's just, it's just straight through, and yeah. you can actually play. Use that. Use that and you can use that to really good effect too. Mm. You can be suddenly closer, suddenly further away from the camera. It's yeah, not a big deal. Another thing I like to do is film, uh, film myself doing something else without any audio, and then having the audio, then uh, cutting that in, and then having the audio, yeah. yeah, play over the top. Yeah. So, just at some point, <coughs> if you do want to actually script it, if there's something specific you want to say, you can actually just read that yes. for that section, and then go back to actually speaking to the camera. So before jump cuts came in. We would have to mask and edit. You, you couldn't just cut. If, if I filmed you and you did two takes, and I like the first half of one take, the second half of another, in more conventional editing, I could just cut those two together because that jump cut is considered bad, technically. Mm. Now with this internet style, it's a bit different. But what we used to do is exactly what you said. We'd have overlay, which is where you might be talking to camera, like what you see on the news, and then I might film you like you know doing your work on a computer, and I could use that little bit of overlay to mask the edits. So what you just described, which is just you doing a bunch of things with voiceover, the voiceover you don't see the cut. Mm. And so it's exactly the same principle. You just get to record and do your takes one after the other until you're happy with each little chunk of your voiceover, and then cut together the bits you liked, and no one will notice any, yeah. any changes and jumps. Yeah. So it's it's about finding what's, what works for that person, I think. They might do all their videos in just voiceover, because that's where they're comfortable. Or they might do a completely free ball. If they want to script it, then they have to start to get good at scripting. But what they should do is work through work with you, which is to understand how to explain their business in the first place. Because if they can't do that, then they're probably not ready to do a video just yet. And they've no. got to look at their communication <laughs> strategy in general yes. and start to learn how to do the old elevator pitch yes. and talk about their business. I worked with I worked with one client where they, I mean, I, I wrote copy for their site as well. So. Yeah. So we went through and wrote the about page about them, about the company, and then did the video, and that all flowed on quite nicely because it all had yeah. to tie. All, the message just had to be consistent across yeah. across all of that. And so. They had to think about it first with you in the copy stage before they got to the video yeah. stage. Yeah, because they would. I would imagine when you and I go and, and meet people, especially small business owners, they haven't thought about that yet. Often, maybe they have. Maybe they're advanced in that way. And when you do that work. It kind of forces them to have to actually say what they do out loud, and that work takes a little bit of time first. Then they can start to do their comms stuff mm. and get their. Do you, head do you help people write write the scripts too? Then. Oh yeah, we're full service. We do yeah. we do everything for an entire video from start to finish. If that's what they like, sometimes we just shoot, sometimes we just edit. But we prefer to script where we can because we've got the skill for that. Um, it's kind of like when they do a comedy, we want them to work with comedians to make sure that it's actually funny. Because a, a corporate <laughs> trying to be funny can sometimes be painful. So there's comedians out there, and they're happy to be paid to punch something up here and there. So we prefer to do that. What's your favourite part of that whole process? I've always been. I've always loved the writing. The writing's. Okay. I'm a big fan of the writing. I'm a yeah. member of the guild, and I judge a lot of the writing. That's where I can see where maybe some of the writing isn't up to snuff in Australia. But I really like the writing stage, and the producing, which is the organising. So I like writing something so it's a nice strong base that we know it's all going to work, and everyone's happy with that. And then I started producing. A lot of people don't know what a producer is. They're a manager. 
it's a manager role, but we just give it a fancy name because it sounds better in, in film and TV. But really it's about facilitating creative people to do their jobs as best as possible and make sure that they're not just completely, you know, creative people do have a habit of wandering off like sheep. Shiny objects. Yeah. Oh, look. Oh, different type Squirrel. of technique I'm going to try I'm going to do that instead. And I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> My job is to just make them feel comfortable that they know when they have to hit their deadlines, they know what they have to do, especially in corporate stuff. They don't want to talk to the clients, so my job's to liaise between the the people and the and the clients, the the creatives and the clients, and make sure that the client will say what they want, but they probably won't say it in ways that a creative needs. So I'll make sure I get everything I need out of the client, and then translate that back to the to the creative. So they go right. I am completely clear with what I have to do. Cool, and then off they go. It's a communications job. Yeah, very much so. Um, so I like that bit because then when you do that well, the team creates incredible stuff. And I like working, that's why I like to film instead of say writing a book or something, some other creative pursuit that's just one person. When you work with a, a team who are very good, they each add that extra 10% to it. And so when I give it to a good editor, he edits it, but then adds something amazing to it. That's even better. And I get back a piece that's much better than I thought it was going to be. And then, so imagine 10 people doing that on a job. You get incredible pieces of work as a result. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so being able to communicate well just really makes such a huge difference in, in every that industry. I, I think when it comes down to anything, for especially small businesses, it's know who you are, know thyself, and then communicate. Learn how to communicate it. That, regardless of what you're doing, that'll help. Yeah. And my wife went and started her own business too last year too, and everyone says they're shocked at how much it's their own personal development, not the company, not the business. They suddenly have to say, "Why am I doing this? Like, what in my life?" Is this actually meeting for myself? What purpose am I driving towards? Is this business actually doing that for me? Oh, it is. Okay, good. Thank fuck. I'm actually in the right path for myself. Now how do I do it? And they've suddenly become much more self-focused than I think they've ever had to be. Which oh, is good. because It is yourself. really good, yeah. Did you find that too? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. You're still in it? Because I thought, well, I started off my first thing thinking, yes, this is what I want to do. And then and I learned more about myself and I learned about, okay, why am I really doing this? Who who do I really want to help? And it's also discovering stuff that you're good at as well. Because there's things that I've discovered now, like with the creative outreach and all that and the video, yeah. all that stuff I discovered by accident. Huh. But none of that would have come about if I hadn't started what yeah. I'd started. Yeah. And ask yourself so, some questions. Exactly. Yeah. Getting into business, it, you just learn so much about yourself. And, and it's funny because <laughs> all that stuff you described, like, that's that's like business iteration. That's like iterating your business into different phases and responding to the market. All those yeah. sort of businessy buzzwords. What it really is is just someone discovering who they are. It's yeah. just kind of It's just kind of playing with life. It's like if you weren't running your own business, that would just be going and playing tennis and then cricket and then football and discovering, oh, I, I actually liked football. Mm-hmm. And now choosing football is your... As your sport of choice. And so, did you sort of did you myself. always know that you were that this communicating between people and organizing teams and creating these projects was that something that you've always known no, you're good at and enjoyed? No, no, I came onto that by mistake too. I, I I came out of uni knowing I wanted to be in the arts. I wasn't sure which arts yet, so I kind of fell on film and TV because. I'm very practically minded and there's just way more roles in that than fine art. Like I was, you know, I was looking at painting courses, sculpture courses. Um, well, what else was I looking at back in the day? All sorts of bits and pieces, but mostly kind of more, um, individuals doing something arts. And then I saw film and TV. I was already interested in it and you just could be a camera operator, a soundie, an editor, like all these different options. I was like, well, I don't know what I want yet. So I'll pick that as the main one. And then as I went through it, 
I think I was moving more towards writing and directing. Like most people are either going in to become directors or cinematographers. And as we emerged out the other side of film school and we'd made a bunch of films, I saw the error of wanting to make artsy films. I didn't enjoy it. I made a comedy for my final year and people laughed and that's what hooked me. People laughing. I was okay. like, oh, I like this. People's response to things. Yeah. I can see the response and they're entertained and they liked it. And people just say, oh, that was good fun, man. And I was like, oh, that's so much better than than my painful second year art house film that was all <laughs> angst and feminism and difficulties. Um, so I got hooked on the comedy and the entertainment in writing. So then as I started working in teams though, we did notice that that leadership was lacking and I started to just kind of naturally find myself in that position. And so, and then people would, people would just tell you, hey, you're pretty good at that. So I'd explore that. And then producing just kind of naturally happened because when we left, me and another friend started a, 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 a um, production company. And I just found myself, you know, I, I get frustrated that the books weren't balanced properly, so I balanced them myself. And I would just write a more comprehensive brief for someone because I just noticed, oh, we, we sent off someone to go shoot something, but they didn't know what they were doing. I'll make sure that I make that better next time. And then suddenly I discovered that's what producing was. And I really liked it, and I really liked the results, so I went on from there, much like what you were saying. And then, I've always liked being the support dude as well, in some ways. Like in video games, I always like to be the medic that runs around and heal, heals people. <laughs> and in the production role, so that might be a first AD or a production manager, those sorts of roles, they tend to be, they are less creative, and some people don't like that because they feel like they're not as, as much a part of it. What's well, being creative with your problem solving, isn't it? It is. It's, it still, is. Crea- totally. it's still creativity. Creative problem solving is yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. I speak to a lot of people who say, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just not very creative," and, and I say, "But it's not just creativity is not just about being a great painter or a dancer or something like that. Yeah. It's you can be creative in all different ways, Absolutely. and you can express yourself." creatively and still get that reward from being able to you know create something in in different ways designing a website and a brand is a very creative process and everyone gets to do that now as small business owners a small business owner gets to be have a lot of fun creating their brand and their website and choosing the images and the copy and the style they just you know they should listen to people who know a little bit better as well so that they can make sure the taste level is up there because that's something you develop over time that taste level there's a really great video by uh is ira glass that does this american life Yes. And he talks about, you should definitely have a look at it, it's this video where he talks about starting and having, and wanting to do something, but then not quite reaching what you want, what, you've got your taste level, and you watch a movie and you think that movie's crap, and you watch another movie and you think that movie's good. So you start doing it, but your stuff, you know deep down inside, isn't meeting that taste level of its own, of your own sort of design. And it takes 10 years, years and years and years, for you to slowly get better and better at what you're doing to make that taste level meet where it needs to get to, to be professional and high quality. And most of the time, and most people will spend their entire lives never getting to 100%. Like, because they just don't produce enough work Because together. Because what's perfect? Yeah. There's no well, such I thing. I mean, for There's me, no ta- taste is, I'd say that but taste is more, you know, specific to you. It is. And whatever your taste level is, it could be pretty low, but then you can <laughs> find other people out there who also appreciate your level of taste. That's true, yeah. And they're the yeah. people that will dance along with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But you've got to be careful, though, with creativity that you don't just keep hanging out with people that all believe in that one same level. Because as soon as you think what you're doing is amazing, it'll stop getting any better. Mm. How can it ever improve if what you yep. think it is good That's is good? True. Like some of the best... Like Kevin Spacey talked at the Globes. He was um, talking to an old um, director. I think it was Kramer. And he sat down with this guy as he was dying. This old director. Like, you know, sort of 40s and 50s director. And he got to say to got to say to this director, uh, thank you very much for your films. Like, I know you probably hear this a lot, but I'm Kevin Spacey. Um, 
I really liked your films, I really appreciated them. And he just said, I just wish they were better. Because even these great people don't, like, they always see the faults in what they do. Mm. I think that's important. Always like, striving to, to yeah. be better. Yeah. yeah. And so, but the fun part is, yeah, you can be totally creative and just start playing. And don't be intimidated by that, because everyone had to start from somewhere. So create your own brand, that's a lot of fun, because it has to be a creative yeah. process as well as a practical process too. I think that's such a great message for people out there who um, have their brand out there, they have a blog or they have a podcast, but mm-hmm. they haven't quite transitioned into video yet. Yeah. There. And they're a little bit nervous, I think. Yep. Just go for it. And yeah, like the nerves is, makes sense because it's something you haven't done before, but you kind of have if you've already done a blog. It's just one part of, like, this copywriting. You've already done the copywriting part of it. It's just another creative thing. Yeah. And whatever you liked about your blog and your brand and whatever you've done so far, you just get to put that into a video. It's just a different format. It's just a different medium. That's all video is, with a few different moving parts. But <laughs> but the, the core of it is, like, we talk about vision. A director has a vision for how he wants a film to play out. And it's the same with a brand. You have an idea of how you want your brand to be. And if you're nice and firm and strong in what your company and your business is and what you are as a personal brand, then all you have to do is communicate that through the video and you've, you've achieved your goal. As long as that's true to you, then the video is right. If it's not true to you, then you'll feel it and people will sort of say, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, mm, okay. <laughs> you'll be able to go, wow, I want to work with this person. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get across what you do in that video and that yeah. is your vision and your brand. Yeah. Hmm. And you help people do that. Absolutely, yeah, are you, for sure. Are you open to taking on new clients now? Of course, always, yeah. <laughs> we're, right. looking, we're looking for clients, though, who want to be... We say we're looking for rebels, disruptors, and early adopters. I love that. Yeah. Rebels, want, disruptors, and early, early adopters. adopters. We want people who want to try and push the boundaries of what they're doing. It doesn't have to be incredible pushing the boundaries, like stuff that's amazing. Push the boundaries within your area, within your field, because we're very responsive to the fact that it has to be relative to the client and to the audience. We don't do stuff just because we want to do it. We mm-hmm. do stuff for the client. It's really important yeah. that we do stuff for them, not for us. Um, so if, they're in, if, if, if you're interested in, in standing out, in being different, in having someone like us come in and have a look at what everyone else is doing and saying, you know, there's some opportunities here for you to be able to do this stuff because no one else is doing it. And then for that person to say, cool, that excites me. That's the person we want to speak to, not the person who's scared and doesn't want to do it because then we just have to convince them. And That's life's so too fun. short. <laughs> life's too short to do that. So interesting chatting to Simon Green of the X Gene. Thank you so much, Simon, for joining me on the show this week. You can check out Simon's work at thexgene.com or send him a tweet at Simon J O N Green. That's at Simon J O N Green. Now, your challenge this week. I'm not going to say go make a video because that's a very big step. But the first step, as Simon says, is to get clear on your message. So I challenge you to think about what is your message to the world? If you have a business, what's your one key message that you want to communicate every time you interact with your audience or your customers? And if you don't have a business, that's okay. What's one thing that you're passionate about or what's something that you believe in that you feel can change the world if only enough people were aware of it? Maybe you're passionate about new technologies or animal rights or healthy eating or drinking coffee or making jewellery. And then take that thing and put it out there. Now, not in a preachy way, of course. My friend Hannah calls it gently re-educating, which I think is really nice. So share your message with the world. That's your challenge this week. And that brings us to the end of episode nine. 
You can find show notes at thecmethod.com slash Simon. And because Simon's title tagline that he writes is producer, writer, friend, I've chosen to end this episode with my rendition of the classic Stand By Me, which is a song about friendship. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and I will see you next time. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Who invented the E chord? That's so hard. Oh, you should see my fingers right now. They're twisted like a bloody pretzel.